Hi, I'm Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I'm Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. I'm a blurred with a love for artwork and comics and animation. And I'm a writer and blurred with a love for pretty much the same things. We grew up together and spent much of our formative years watching and talking about DC superhero shows and content. In fact, we still do. Every episode, we will discuss a DC production, compare it to its original source material, and share our thoughts on the adaptation. We've enjoyed our conversations these past couple of decades, and we think you will too. This month, we're checking out New Earths as we hop across the DC-verse on... Yet another DC animated podcast, part of the Forgotten Entertainment Family. Hello, and welcome to Recent Activity, your new favorite entertainment review podcast that attempts to cover every film, every show, all at once. I am your co-host, Andrew Morgan, and as we are kicking it back to 1997 this episode, I have my two favorite Spice Girls on the mics, Chris Frodell. I'm Confused Spice. (laughs) And I would imagine very hairy spice, Shane Beauregard. You got that right. (laughs) (laughs) And one of our first guests, like in-house, doing a whole thing with us today for the draft episode. A man who has been tub-thumping his way into our hearts for many years now. From the pint, it's our old pal, John Amenta. How are you, sir? I get knocked down, but I get up again. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. I, I I will take out my chain wallet and put it on the table. I will do you know get my poofy pants. It's all gonna be a thing. It's gonna be great. Um, so today we're doing the 1997 movie draft. Um, one of my favorite years because I think this was the first year that I actually like cared about award season and the Oscars. And the way that happened, I always love telling people this. Does anyone remember TBS's Monkey in a Movie? I believe so. I don't. I've heard of it, but I don't remember like seeing it. So basically, this is classic 90s stuff where they would just reenact scenes from that year's like Oscar films, like the prestige films, and have them acted out by chimps, you know, doing their lip-smacking peanut butter thing that used yeah. to happen more often. And horrible um, wigs. Yeah, and yeah, horrible wigs, the costumes, everything else. So I remember they would play, like, as kind of like promos or, like, in-between commercial stuff, they would play Monkey in a Movie, where it would be them acting these things out. And they were hilarious to me because I was 15 and watching TV all day. So it got me interested in these movies, though. And it was like the first year, you know, we're like they did Titanic, they did Girl Hunting, they did As Good As It Gets, like all these other ones. And I remember I'm Boogie Nights, you know, a ape with a giant dick. Like they, it was just hilarious. So wow. there's no better way for me to get into the Oscars at 15 than an ape is acting them out. So, but what I what I want to know from you guys, and John, I'll start with you because you're our guest. Who are you in 1997? What's what is uh, what is John Amenta? Because you're a little bit older than me, so I don't know where were you in 1997. 1997, uh, <laughs> coincidentally, the year I started dating my wife, 25 years ago, right? So, oh, yeah. um, I was 20. I turned 22. I was 21. So, and I started dating my wife in the summertime. So I was still early part of the year, still like that 21 year old going out with my friends all the time, drinking too much. Uh, all right. that stuff. And then, and then, yeah, I, boy, I started dating my wife and uh, those were back in the days, actually 97 is also the summer that I moved out of my parents' house and into uh, a buddy of mine had bought a house and me and another friend uh, rented rooms from him. So it was my first year living on my own. 
Uh, 97 was the year I could tell you for sure out of any year and maybe 98 as well that I spent the most time at the movies by myself. Like I, I used right. to have days off during the week cause I work retail and nobody else had the day off. None of my friends were around. My, my roommates worked in opposite fashion or whatever. So I used to go specifically. I remember quite a bit to the, um, to the North Haven, Connecticut, the, uh, yeah. the old theater mm-hmm. there. And, um, and uh, and just go see whatever. I mean, literally, I would I would go see whatever. A lot of these movies on this list are movies that I would just go see. Right. I might have not seen a lot of them again since that day, but I went and saw it. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see your letterbox for that year. Like how many you've actually watched? That would be astounding. Because even them. for me being fifteen, I would go to the movies a lot. But I, you know, for <laughs> because for good reason. This was the first year that I was testing the waters to see whether I can get into rated R movies, you know, like me and my buddies because I had a lot of older friends. So I remember distinctly having to convince uh, a a woman who actually went to my church when I was younger, so she should know how old I was. I convinced her to let me into Goodwill Hunting with my friends, and it was like real close, real close. Like she just knew. She just knew I was full of shit, but it still ended up working out. So amazing, amazing stuff. Chris, how about you, sir? Yes. Who were you in 1997? I I was aimless, aimless in 97. <laughs> so I nothing's was changed. In 97, <laughs> 90, basically, uh, in 97, I was deciding not to continue with art school. Mm. It, was, it was a difficult decision, uh, but the smart one question mark um <laughs> sure <laughs> although you put it, it to was... use all the time now <laughs> well yeah now i mean geez uh but have you seen our gray man the art that my there, parents John? spent <laughs> yeah i i loved your gray man art i <laughs> i think i liked it on uh, on instagram and or twitter yeah uh, thank you thank you everybody loves uh, my yeah. mustache that chris put on me <laughs> uh you started <laughs> it i just enhanced it yeah, um, I had a more of a uh, French mustache before. He he beefed me up. Thank you, sir. Yeah, <laughs> I brought you right into porn. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's funny. Back then, if they told me what you could do with art, I probably would have fulfilled my courses and whatnot. Right. Uh, but it was basically a blanket major uh, sure. illustration. You can't yeah. get more vague than that. Yeah. Uh, so they would teach you everything, even stuff that I wasn't even aware. And uh, it was over my head. And I was spending more money on art supplies than working. And then yeah. I kind of switched that. So I worked more. And then right. I was skipping classes to work. It was weird. But yeah, uh, yeah uh, <laughs> same thing as John. Uh, probably drinking too much. Uh, goofing off. Hanging out with friends. Yeah. Uh, and in the occasion watching movies yeah um probably not as many as john but so chris you're what a couple years older than me so you yeah like or so this is your first year i was so i was Uh, 19 outside of high school yeah maybe yeah yeah so i was about 19 20 so then shane does that put you in the military yeah i was uh sweating my sack off at fort bragg uh (laughs) drinking my face off every every weekend like that's all we did uh and partied way too much but that's good because i got it out of my system before i went to college but yeah 97 was a long year of sweating and drinking and like john i would go to the movies all the time by myself or back in those days just go to the rental place and rent like 
three or four videos a weekend and just I watched I think I watched more movies in that two year period than I think I have ever. So good times. Yeah, good times. I definitely went to the video store more than the theater at this stage. And then like a couple of years later, <clears> once <throat> I started making money or having a job, then it all turned around to, yep right back on that horse i'm gonna be at the movie theater every day because oh wait i was working at the movie theater so right uh, <laughs> i did that from uh age 17 through 20 ish 2021 20, i was working at the movie theater so yeah i saw way too many movies but not at this point at this point i was still relying on you know whatever you know my brother would drive me to the video store or whatever and and rent out whatever we got so Awesome. I, I think this year means a lot to all of us, monkey-related or not. So I think this will be a good fit for everybody. I'm excited to do this, and I'm excited to have John here with us to do it. Um, this is our first one, uh, so we'll go over just the categories that we chose for this. Um, we have Oscar nominee, so any movie that was nominated for any type of Oscar, whether it's VizFX or Best Picture, uh, is available for that. Blockbuster which is anything above $70 million domestically. So I think that puts us at like only 19 or 20 movies to pick, but that's still plenty, hopefully, as they are very well known. Comedy, we have horror sci-fi, and then wild card. So basically anything that you want to choose that hasn't been chosen, that you don't have maybe a category for or whatever, you just toss it on in there, um, whether it's some... Um, uh, art school pretentious jerk off picking a French movie or something. I'm not talking about you, Chris. I, it's just a very specific you example a- that is not about you whatsoever. Um, or, you know, obviously any kind of like genre fair or anything like, you know, Shane will pick some, you know, Chuck Norris movie I haven't heard of that happened to come out in 97 or something. It, always bound for, to be surprised. Um, and the current order um, is John got the number one pick. Followed by Shane, myself, and then Chris in a snake draft order. So we will come back around after the first round is done. And we'll keep trucking until all these picks are selected. And then at the end, um, we'll probably talk about some like honorable mentions or whatever. But we will recap it all and then put it on the tweets and everywhere else. Uh, so you guys can pick who you think had the best draft. So let's get started. Let's get into this. Now, John... You lucky devil. Yeah. Uh, you chose first. So what do you got, sir? What are you taking in what category? I'm going to go with the Oscar nominees right off the bat. Ooh. And uh, I realize I realize this is a, a this is going to be a popular vote. So, you know, I could go with the heady Oscar movie that, uh, you know, that everybody in the world loved. Or I could pick that movie that was nominated probably for best makeup or something that more people actually like. Uh-huh. And uh, that's what I'm going to go for. That's my strategy in this one here. Uh, I'm going to go with a movie that I just think, I just think uh, people out there love. And it's got two wonderful actors in it. I saw it in the theaters. And uh, at some point during the movie, um, one of them exclaims that he could eat a peach for days. Um, <laughs> and then these two guys, as much as they hate each other, they end up taking their faces off and then trade and trading them out so i'm gonna go with one of the few good john woo american films i'm gonna go with 1997s well of course duh uh john woo directed doves in the air guns pointed people spinning in slow motion face off yeah 
it's it's a it's a great pick, especially it's hilarious that you're doing it in Oscars. Um, I believe that was probably more in makeup effects, whatever. I didn't look exactly which one, or I don't have it up right now. But I would imagine. <laughs> I don't believe anyone in the acting court categories made it for that one or anything else. It was the Oscar for best speedboat chase with two guys <laughs> fighting on a speedboat at the same huh. time. Yeah, <laughs> keeping that spot warm for Speed Two Cruise Control. Oh wait, actually, was that that year too? Yeah, yeah. yes, it was. I think it was. It's on the list. Yeah. Tough, tough, tough beat there for for <laughs> Speed Two. Um, do you guys, Chris or Shane, have any uh, fantastical moments for Face Off? I echo everything Johnson. In fact, he took my goddamn pick. I was gonna take. Uh, I was gonna take Face Off, but in the blockbuster region <laughs> sure for all the same reasons uh, yeah i knew uh, uh nicholas cage he's at the peak of his powers was gonna have some conversation i'm sure shane has another one maybe earmarked for later and we'll see if that ends up in the number two pick but chris face off good for you oh yeah like uh as implausible as it is uh, <laughs> yeah and i'm just like wait a minute those two but then uh was it? i think last year uh, there was a picture floating around for Nicolas Cage playing Dracula. Yeah. And I swear to God, looked like John Travolta. <laughs> yeah. So it can happen. Yeah. Right? True story. <laughs> yeah. John but Woo, yeah, the real the day, reason why doves cry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Sorry, Prince. He puts them to work. <laughs> exactly. Pancakes. Um, all right. <laughs> We're going to move on. Shane, I am so interested in your top selection at number two. What do you got, sir? Well, uh, this may surprise you just a little bit, but I'm going I'm going with the Oscar nominee as well. I am okay. going with a movie that put two guys on the map, two of my favorite actors, and that is... Son of a bitch. That is L.A. Confidential, a nice noir detective story set in the 50s. Like I said, put Russell Crowe on the map, put one of my favorite actors, Guy Pierce, on the map at the time. You have uh, Dana DeVito, a very hot and prime, well, still prime Kim Basinger. <laughs> and uh, I know we're not supposed to speak his name, but I still speak his name, uh, Kevin Spacey, who I love. So there. Uh, great know. movie all one. around, well-written and rewatchable. I just love this movie. Yeah, this is like my favorite Russell Crowe period. He was on fire from 97 through basically 01, uh, maybe 02, like where he just just annihilated every movie obviously with gladiator probably being the best example but this this is like pure brute intensity um that just coming right into hollywood and just taking over i love this version of russell crowe when he was still in shape and and kicking ass uh chris uh what's your uh what's your feelings on la confidential uh i really loved it uh anything that can make me feel like it's being uh actually filmed Mm -hmm. in the period that it's showing yeah is you know that i'm immersed i'm i'm into it yeah. uh and for the same reasons like j all the names that you mentioned right is it's amazing that they're all on one film and it wasn't a marvel movie um <laughs> yeah yeah this is back in the day but, when we uh, can have really long lists of ensembles that are just unbelievable we're starting to get that now a little bit but it's like for very few directors. But like, there's a bunch in this particular year because you have, you know, guys who are at the top of their game who are these indie hot directors uh, making a lot of names, and we'll we'll get through all of them. Though I wouldn't sleep on. Um, uh, this is directed by Curtis Hansen, 
who uh, would make Wonder Boys a few years later, which I really liked. He had a bunch of movies there, again, in like a cluster that I really enjoyed, but he doesn't get enough credit uh, for that or this movie. I don't I don't hear enough people talk about this movie, and I, I love it a lot. John, you same? Oh, yeah. yeah, honestly, it, before I uh, changed my strategy to face off, LA Confidential would have been my pick too. Nice. Yeah. Um, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. All right, I am up next, um, and... <laughs> I, do, I know it's my top pick, but it makes me hurt so much to pick between, like, my favorite movie of this year or do I want to pick for strategy? And I I think, stupidly, I'm going to go with strategy here. And I'm going to pick Men in Black for my horror sci-fi category. Um, wow. Because I just felt like that category was not deep at all and i didn't want to end up getting stuck later on and i figure with the the roundabout maybe i can get my uh my top selection uh when it comes back but yeah men in black one of uh i think only two soundtracks back when soundtracks still mattered and songs on the soundtrack still mattered uh ended up at the top of the charts for this um and yeah 97 everybody's you know digging on that will smith vibe still you know before he started he was you know still slapping aliens before he was you know slapping other people and whatever and just he he was dominant like the the will smith domination during that period is unreal i think what do we have independence day was a year before this or a couple years before this i think it was a right? couple years before this. 96 yeah, 96 yeah and then, yeah, just the the run he was on. Obviously, he was on Fresh Prince forever, and just he. J- this is when he's like coming into his own. I think the Bad Boys stuff Bad starts boys. soon, and yeah, so it's it's just unreal for for what he's going on right there, and it's just infectious. I love Tommy Lee Jones in this movie. You get little, you know, small parts or cameos that are a lot of fun in this movie as well. Just always like picking out who's the aliens and everything else. And, um, it's, is it, is it Rockwell? Who's the, no, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, right. It's like the main yes. alien mm-hmm. in this one. Amazing. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's just, Edgar. it's, it's great. Like early <clears throat> CGI kind of practical effects cross crossover with this one where it's not like too cringy when you look back on it now. <laughs> You know, it's it's yeah. not Jurassic Park elite level stuff or T two, but it is still it still holds up. Um, even though God, all the sequels are are not good. So uh, I will treasure this for what it is right now. Um, does anyone else have any like Men in Black memories? This was like a big movie theater thing for me, where I probably saw it multiple times. Shane, you got any uh, thoughts on Men in Black? No, nah, like you said, I really enjoyed it. Uh, will Smith was definitely in his bag back then because i think bad boys was 95 then independence day was 96 and this was 97 so he's definitely in a groove but right. uh i like the chemistry with him and tom lee jones like you said the action was good it was funny so yeah i was right there with you on this one john how about you agreed uh it's a, it's a great movie uh, a failed franchise that they just can't get going yeah. <laughs> uh you couldn't you couldn't not hear the song that summer yeah um i'm clapping was, right like, now in my head like, i can't know yeah. i don't know if you could tell <laughs> yeah and you just you, you know, it, it like like you and Shane both said it. It's like third step in in his you know move towards domination of every summer. You know, Bad Boys, Independence Day, this. You know, yeah, you know, those crazy <coughs> Wild Wild West instead of the Matrix. We'll, we'll not talk about that. Sorry, Will. <laughs> but hey, we all make our choices, and that was a. I don't care what you think about Wild Wild West, the movie. 
that song still sticks in my head real easily. And and Men in Black is also an earworm that works too. Chris, what what do you think on Men in Black? I thought it was done so well that uh, nowadays everyone's like, oh, check out the Easter egg. Uh, right. You know, did you know that person's an alien? It's like right. back then it was just like, okay, that makes sense. Okay, we're good. Yeah. And you yeah. laughed, you chuckled with it. Now, if they were to do it, they would just like hammer it over the head. Uh, yeah, yeah, guess what? This one's an alien. Oh, this is what the true thing is. It's like, calm down. Yeah, um, don't take this seriously, back then, please. It was just like, it was fresh. It was a fresh take. It was a fresh idea. I, I loved it. I, every so often I'll watch it again. And I still have like that wonderment watching it. Yeah. Not the sequels, but that first one. So good. Yeah. And weirdly enough, especially because we're in the, the Marvel universe era and everything else, like, and everything is IP, <clears throat> IP uh, for everything. Um, the one thing I love about looking at the blockbuster list is that it's mostly, mostly original stuff. You know, it's it's like yeah. directors maybe that are hot or whatever that could do it. But, you know, it's got at least maybe a, a 60-40 split on, like, original whatever versus now where everything that is in the current top 10 of the year, it seems to be, you know, all, you know, sequel, sequel, prequel, you know, whatever. It's all established IP stuff, all all comic booky stuff or what have you, so or Jurassic Park's. Um, so, and weirdly enough, nothing ever changes as I'm staring Lost World right in the face. Um, Chris, <laughs> you have two picks, yes, buddy. So, so hit me up here, man. What do you got? Okay. I'm going to go, since you were talking about blockbusters, I'm going to go for blockbuster. Okay. Um, it, it's quite the list and I may not pick the most popular, which may work against me, <clears throat> but <throat> those that saw this. I hope enjoyed it as much as I did. And my pick is Conspiracy Theory. Ooh. Interesting. Interesting. It's, it's a little yeah. word. It, it, it's you know a little off the cuff. But I'll tell you, Mel Gibson back in the day, he made some gems. He, you know, with this, it was just like it brought conspiracies to life. Yeah. Uh, you know, gave him, uh, you know, purpose. Yeah. Um, Catcher in the Rye was probably you know, purchased by many a fan after this movie. <laughs> uh -huh. And again, Patrick Stewart as the bad guy. Yeah, it's wild. Come on, Picard is a bad guy? Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, for, for a movie that's 25 years old. That's why I love yeah, exactly. I love speaking freely uh, for once instead of like trying to dance around plots and everything else for once. I love that. But oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a movie I haven't revisited since I probably watched on like, you know, TNT like 20 years ago or what have you so yeah that might be one that I have to to go back because I, I do love a good thriller uh, especially conspiracy thrillers and all that stuff that was like the oh, height yeah. uh, you know that kind of like late 90s mid to late 90s kind of stuff uh, so yeah I, I, I'm interested on in that anybody else have any other thoughts on conspiracy theory never saw it <gasps> okay yeah, it's been a while Oops, for me. I, I probably it. haven't seen it since that year it came out. But I remember liking it. I just haven't seen it like in twenty five years. Yeah, I, I I I barely have anything at the the tip of my tongue with that. So maybe we'll have to do a, a rewatch <laughs> kind of thing, and we'll we'll do the report on uh, recent activity uh, coming up <laughs> soon. So Chris, you picked that in Blockbuster. What you got for the first pick of the second round? 
Uh, I'm going to go with the Oscar nominees. Okay. And uh, I got real nervous being the last of the first round. And I thought, oh, my God, one of these three is going to take my pick. Mm -hmm. What am I going to pick besides this? Right. Uh, Thankfully, no one touched it. And uh, I'm going to go with Goodwill Hunting. Mm, you son of a bitch. I was one pick away from getting it back. <laughs> see? See? But with uh, with that, it was just like, it was amazing. Like, I, I don't know, maybe because I was new to, to actually watching movies. Right. Like, before a certain era, I, I just, I watched them, absorbed them, moved on. Right. Then about that independent movie uh, resurgence happened. Yeah, this is the Miramax you know, was, era, baby. For for yeah, better exactly. or for worse. <laughs> I was I was picking up on who the directors were, who the writers were. You know, Tarantino, uh, Kevin Smith, Richard Linklater. All these people just gave me an interest in what I was watching. Right. Goodwill Hunting was one of those movies where it was just like, you know, it, it could be dissected and looked at as oh we've seen this story before but it was somehow new and i i really enjoy it right now and as much as i enjoyed it then so that's my pick yeah goodwill hunting for the longest time because again you're right this is kind of like when i was first getting into more serious films or dramas and and you know this movie was perfect a perfect entryway for me to enjoy it because you know it's got some grit to it it got some humor it's got some heart it's got two guys who you know don't take each other too seriously um just this independent story of them creating this screenplay and then being in it and then there was like a million rewrites this movie was a conspiracy thriller to start (laughs) before uh they were talked down to make like the movie just about what you end up seeing on screen and really kind of paring it down. And it wasn't about this larger elaborate story that he gets caught up in. Um, I'd love to see the screenplay of the original. I, I still haven't had my hands on it, but this is uh, back in the day when I actually used to buy screenplays from Barnes and Noble too. And I had the screenplay of this. I had the poster. I had everything. I loved this movie for a long time. I would tell people this was my favorite movie. And then I was like, what are you, an idiot? Like, you know, you've seen Empire Strikes Back. You've seen all these other ones. Like, so I, I walk off that now. But I love this movie a lot. It's very much a top, you know, five, ten of all time kind of movie. I watched it so many times. Um, and it is my fault. Uh, so sorry, Robin Williams. It is my fault. Uh, but but I, I, I just do. I love that scene. I love all about it. Like, Robin Williams at his best. Ah, uh, God. It never, it never fails to hit me in the feels. Um, but, yeah, it's tough to, to rewatch because of some of those scenes. But, man, I can go on YouTube and watch clips all day. Um, John, what do you think about Good Will Hunting? It's fine. It's To, uh, it, to me, it's... <laughs> the overture right into to me, it's To me, it's overrated. I think it's one of those movies that the story behind the movie is more interesting than the movie. It's, it's a good movie. I don't dislike it, and I do think... Matt Damon is really good in it. And obviously Robin Williams is really good in it, but I'm not necessarily the target demo for kind of like those type of drama, you know, character movies necessarily. I'm not trying to downplay myself, but 
you know, it's it's the last category I'm going to pick to watch to enjoy a film. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, oh, a coming of age movie about a young boy with problems and he's seeing a therapist and he's a math. With, I'm not going to pick that. I'm going to pick, you know, some guy is like is is killing girls in a sorority house, you know, <laughs> with a drill. Yeah, you know, more more likely than that. I I tend to want to be entertained more, but it is a good movie. It's not it, it's not a bad movie. It's just I never understood the hype. There's a lot of movies that I feel that way about. Goodwill Hunting is one of them, but Goodwill Hunting is a good movie. Yeah, and and this uh, enhanced my love for uh, Kevin Smith because he's one of the producers of this movie too. Um, and when I went, uh, I worked on a thing with Kevin Smith where I got to go in the View Askew office, and I I loved being in there where they had um, posters from around the world of all the kind of View Askew stuff and everything else, and they also had a. Uh, uh, Israeli poster of Goodwill Hunting in the corner with all the Hebrew letters and everything. It was like wild to see. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know, man. I'm just going to skip over the fact that John's shitting on one of my favorite movies. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're, welcome back anytime, John. Um, Shane, you got any thoughts on Goodwill Hunting before we move on? Yeah, it's it's a good movie. Like I'm somewhere between you and John on this one. Like I love Matt Damon's performance, who I really like the most. I like Casey Affleck. I, every time I think of this movie, I think about the jerking off in the baseball glove scene for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just having the back sure. and forth with Ben Affleck, like you better not do. I just thought Casey Affleck for me kind of stole a lot of the well, scenes he was in. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, but there are some very <laughs> memorable scenes. Uh, I was a big fan of Mini Driver at the time. Uh, but yeah, rewatchable. In fact, I was just watching this probably about two weeks ago. It was on um, TNT. It was on one of the network stations, and I just sat and watched it again. So it still holds up. I like it. Yeah, it is very watchable, uh, especially if you hit it at a certain point in the movie, of course. But, uh, you know, fucking Chris stealing it from me hurts. <laughs> I don't like them apples. Uh, it's really I'm fucking sorry. killing me right now. But at least I get to pick it's now. It's not your fault. <laughs> it's not your fault. Had to go see about a girl. Um, we'll just do the, all the lines. We'll just completely bore people to death. Yeah. Um, all right. So I am up, and I'm at least good to take probably my second favorite movie uh, from this year, and that is Paul Thomas Anderson's Boogie Nights. I'm taking that in Oscar category. Um, I This movie was not, you know, because I was 15 when it came out, I more remembered it at the time being like more about the nudity and roar girl and everything else, which, you know, a lot of those things uh, still pretty good. Not going to, not going to lie. But as I got still older and just the up. subsequent rewatches and everything else, I still think this is Paul Thomas Anderson's best film. I know some people, you know, love there will be blood and, and the master is very high up there for me too. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I know I also lost some luster when I saw Magnolia and I just outside of Tom Cruise, that movie is a, a tough watch and a long watch. And I just didn't buy into Magnolia at all. Um, and I've tried to rewatch and I can't get back there, but boogie nights definitely still holds up. Still one of my favorite movies. It's incredible. William H. Macy, Don Cheadle, like there's so many good smaller performances in there. Um, and obviously, as far as Mark Wahlberg movies go, <laughs> uh, this one, you know, top of the charts because he became a very different actor, um, you know, a few years after this when he just kind of goes full action and kind of stays away from the the Oscar category altogether. Um, Chris, you're probably more aligned with me. I won't 
get my heart broken twice. I'll start with you. Uh, Boogie Nights, where does that sit with you? It, it is one of his best. Uh, I got to say, I have a, a soft spot for uh, Punch Drug Club. Sure. Uh, it's intense, but yeah. it's uh, He he really is a, a fantastic filmmaker. And uh, just <clears throat> until I think this year, I finally saw The Master. Yeah, it's incredible. And, uh, yeah. I was, I, I'm watching, I'm like, what's the subtext? What's, you know, but it really is. It's like how uh, someone can be a magnetic leader, such as Philip Seymour Hoffman. Right. Uh, and, and doing this, you know, Scientology. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not. You know, what are you talking kind of about? Parallel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, exactly. Um, but it's, uh, it's uh, of an era where you know a lot of people tend to forget the transition of uh, of these uh, pornographic stars and what they do when when the movies are done. You yeah, know? and uh, R.I.P. Burt Reynolds too. I mean, uh, I oh totally God. forgot to mention how amazing Burt Reynolds is in that film and the, what it did to kind of give him a late kick uh, to the end of his life let alone the end of his career so that was outstanding as well yeah it gave uh it gave a new generation uh an understanding of who this guy was i mean he he to us he was you know smoking the bandit he was you know he was he was in all the movies that we we really enjoyed cannonball run you know just yeah. that whole group and then it's kind of like you know, what henry winkler is doing now a little bit i can see that yeah yeah, I, I won't say uh, you're wrong, <laughs> but uh, no, it's <laughs> how dare it's, you? <laughs> no, no, I I agree. I yeah. I think uh, he he deserves a, a resurgence. Uh, yeah. He's always been good. It just depends on the the project that he he chooses to attach himself to. Yeah, yeah, Shane. But yeah, uh, I agree. Where do you sit on uh, Boogie Nights? Ah, oh, boy. Okay. Um, I, I'm not a big Paul Thomas Anderson fan, like at all. Like at all Amazing. but i yeah i know i i will say though i did enjoy this movie if i had to watch one of his movies it would be this one and maybe it is because of roll a girl who knows because the one Don't scene on again, julianne moore's freckle though, I, I know yeah. but we're talking heather <laughs> oh, Graham. we're yeah. talking A- amber waves yes, yeah exactly yeah we're, we're yeah. talking heather perfect Graham names in here yeah but it was i remember sitting through it the first time i was like wow man this movie's just it it kind of made me feel uh unsettled at times like the scene i always think of that creeped me out was the whole with uh thomas jane and, and uh, mark Wahlberg getting drugs and i think alfred molina was in that oh, yeah. scene yep. Yep. and they had the half naked yeah, chinese kid with, yeah. with doing the <laughs> poppers and stuff i'm like what the uh-huh. hell am yeah. i watching here man but <laughs> i love john i love john riley uh i thought him and mark Wahlberg were great there was probably my favorite parts of the movie with the whole john c riley thing as what was his name rick rockhold or something like, i don't remember but Good. Chess Rockwell. There you go. Chess Rockwell. Yeah. yeah. But no, I did enjoy this movie. It is the one uh, P.T. Anderson movie that I will watch on a consistent basis. John, are you uh, (laughs) going to hurt me again? Is that okay? (laughs) No, I love Boogie Nights. I'm a big. Saw it in the theaters in 97. Um, Like Shane said, there was points where I was saying, like, what am I watching? It's a roller coaster. It's a roller coaster. It's a, you know. It's another movie. It's a character study, but it's very interesting. It introduced the world essentially to people like Don Cheadle and Thomas Jane and John C. Riley. You know, I mean, they've been in things, but this was the one that kind of pushed them out there. And yeah, it's it's just a great movie with um, 
you know, it's one of those really, it's one of those movies I like a lot where it follows, uh, you know, a single character through a period of time. Yeah. And, you know, and obviously for, um, for him, for Dirk Diggler, it's about, you know, his, his birth to, as Dirk Diggler, his, his kind of like his death, his resurgence. And the ending is, you know, uh, you know, with his giant penis, he's a star <laughs> or whatever he says. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I think, I think it's a, a funny movie. I think it's, uh, got some good poignant moments. Now that this one, I like a lot. Yeah. You got the touch. There's so many like fun little <laughs> stupid things in this movie, as well as just being some of the saddest, most depressing scenes I've ever seen in a movie too. Like the way it ends, yeah. how crunchy it is and just unnerving. Um, it's, it's, what it's is, a wild what is ride. What is William like, H. Macy? Oh, oh William, William H. Macy has that one line when he says, uh, he says, my wife has got an ass and her dick in the driveway. He doesn't realize he got it backwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Philip Seymour yeah. Hoffman, I always forget how amazingly cringy he is in this movie, too. Just that, like, greasy, unsettled, just, ugh, ugh, just he's, a guy. He's, there's, there's the couple of scenes where he's wearing, like, a, like almost like a half shirt, and he's, like, like fingering his belly button. Uh-huh. It's super creepy. Oh, yeah, God. I, I, between I still between that and the, happiness, uh, I just kiss. can't look at him. <laughs> What's that, Chris? Sorry. Uh, I, I said I I cringe uh, every time that I uh, I see him go in for the kiss. Oh yeah. And it was just oh, like yeah. yeah. It, it, even if regardless of it being man on man, uh, <laughs> the fact that it was one sided. Yeah, that's is, yeah, of course. Like yeah. the it, it hits hard, and it's just like oh man, it's no. No, 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 no. Yeah, <laughs> Every we've time. all been at a party too late and had a had a yeah. moment. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, so that's that's my second pick. We're back to Shane for his second pick, <laughs> and honestly, there's a, like one or two movies, probably three movies that if it's if these are still on the board when it whips around from Shane, John, John back to Shane, I am going to like lose my mind. But so please, here we go because. Because John took uh, my face-off pick. So I have to go down the list just a little bit in the blockbuster section here. And we're going to follow the tale of one U.S. Ranger Cameron Poe. And the long, (laughs) flowing hair, the white t-shirt, his journey to get his bunny back. And what Uh I thought was one of the best action films of the year, and that is Con Air. Great cast, John Cusack, John Malkovich, Ving Rhames. You get a young Dave Chappelle here as well. Very rewatchable. I can't tell you how many times I watched this damn movie in like a three-year period. Uh, again, this is like peak Nicolas Cage. I, like, again, I would have taken face off, but that was off the board, so I went with it the second best thing, and that is Con Air. I enjoy Con Air. I really do. Um, it was also something I looked at on my list. At one point, I was thinking about going for the Nicolas Cage, uh, the, the double. <laughs> yeah, the taking double. face yeah. off and Con Air off the board. Uh, and I could easily say 100% that Con Air is my second favorite movie ever with a character named Swamp Thing in it. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good call. Wow. Good call. Wow. Chris, do you have any thoughts on, on that one? Come any closer and the bunny gets it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, Jesus. Uh, you want to talk about a cast of characters. Like, you know, y- you name them and they were in this movie. Um, oh, yeah. It's deep cast. It, it's so funny. Like, it, it it shouldn't be good, but it is good. Yeah, It's, it's so entertaining. It, it really is. Like, you know. He just wants to go home. He's just hitching a ride, and stuff goes wrong. Yeah, and I love wow. that this is a blockbuster yeah. for that reason, too. You know, it's just so simple. Just oh, put yeah. big stars and a simple premise 
on the screen with a big time budget and effects and just see what happens. Oh yeah. And, and and it's still watchable today. It's not like, oh man, time has not been kind to this. No, it's it's just as good. If you liked it then, you'll like it now. No, Con Air still holds up. I think they're doing a twenty five year uh reunion run for this one in like the Cinemark theaters or whatever to kind of commemorate if they didn't already do it. Um, but they should have done it by now. Like this is a summer movie. If you're going to capitalize on, you know, everybody going for like top gun nostalgia, just fucking, you know, get that crowd to come out and see Con Air afterwards. It's a great double tip. Uh, it sounds like a Shane wet dream. (laughs) It is. I want to say, I think it, it does seem like, uh, I want to say I did see it in July. It might've been. I don't know. Did the did the it. pint uh, cover Con Air at any point, John, in your tenure? Uh, no, nope. We've never talked Con Air. Okay, because you've been uh, and we've been and Hawkeye we're in the anniversary do- ones lately. So I don't know if this, this this well the with the with the pint movie invitational is not happening anymore. We uh, we're going for all not only but anniversaries is kind of the uh, the go to. You know what? We're gonna do one for the end of the year. Con Air. Yeah, Con awesome. Air. Shane, you want to come on for Con Let's Air? Do it. I'm there. Why does Shane get right, to done. go? Yeah. <laughs> Shane picked it. Yeah, you bastard. Shane picked it. No, no, no. If he's doing conspiracy theory later, he can get back to you, Chris. All right? <laughs> okay. There you go. We're good, doing good, casting calls now. All right. That seems John, like September. No. you get back to back, buddy. Yes, sir. So what do you got for me? Okay. All right. So I'm going to go with – I have a question of the rules. Sure. If I go wild card, can I pick it off of its main category – if it's still on its main category, you know what I mean? Like, so can I steal it from the main category. So like you already picked an Oscar. So if you want to pick another right. Oscar nominee, then you'd have to put in your wild card. Yeah. Okay. So then, then this is how I'll do it. Okay, perfect. So I'm going to go comedy because this one's too good to not have on my list. Uh, I'm trying to think of what, what, what the best way to say it before I say it. Um, the claw, <laughs> the claw, the claw. it's uh, all about the claw. Liar, liar. Of a bitch. Uh, liar, liar. Yeah. Liar, liar. So Jim Carrey, 1994 comes out of, you know, from out of nowhere, essentially, you know, in living color, Ace Ventura, The Mask and Dumb and Dumber. He lights the world on fire for probably like a good three or four years. And to me, Liar Liar is the last of the incredible Jim Carrey comedies. Yeah. You get like me, myself and Irene a few years later, which is funny, but he starts to float into the Eternal Sunshines and the Truman shows. Liar Liar is fucking hilarious. It's, it's unassailable. It's incredible. It's unassailable. He's kicking his ass in the bathroom. He's, you know, the, the premise, it's this magical fantasy premise where he can't lie for 24 hours. And the scene where he goes around the boardroom and he's just putting everybody down. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it, 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 it is prime Jim Carrey comedian version before he kind of started delving into all the other stuff. So I, I'm going with that. That movie makes me it makes me laugh incredibly. And you know it's got a good a good cast. Mira, uh, more attorney, uh, Carrie Elwes, Jennifer Tilly. It's it, it's a great comedy. So that's what I'm going for. Yeah, that Jennifer Tilly, uh, uh, all those scenes are just outstanding. And to this day, a uh, private joke between uh, me and my buddy Darren, who's a, a comedian friend of mine, uh, and he's a little bit older than me. So all the time I go, Simmons is old. Every time he says some like reference that I don't get or anything like that, I constantly say, Simmons is old. Should have got out of the game years ago. Um, all the time. Yeah. So it's one of my favorite <laughs> things to say. 
But yeah, the the outtakes of that movie, just the like the sheer insanity of him just like spouting nonsense is just like elite level that he does in this movie. Yeah. Um, and it has incredible heart too. Like all the father son stuff works. Um, you know, you feel a little bad for Carrie Elwes, but you don't mind that he just gets kind of knocked to the side slightly with that and everything. Every time he fails with the claw is like, you know, heartbreaking, but still amazing. Um, but yeah, <laughs> oh, no. this movie is one of the funniest. Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. Um, all right. So John, you have another pick. So you picked liar, liar and comedy, right? Yep. So I'm going to go wild card. And I'm going to steal from the comedy section again. So I already had a comedy, uh, but I can't pass this one up because it's a favorite movie of mine. Just rewatched it a few weeks ago. I think we're doing an episode on it. We talked about it at one point, Uh, but it is uh, John Cusack, uh, Gross Point Blank. Oh, wow. Okay. Gross Point Blank. It's uh, (laughs) just a fantastic action black comedy about a... You know, uh, Martin Blank, he's a hitman for hire who's going back to, his, I think it's his 10th or 15th. Yeah, it's his 10th because he's supposed to be 28. Um, <laughs> sure high school is. reunion. Uh, yeah, well, at the time, I think, I think Cusack was like 33 at the time, so it was close. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's going back to his 10-year reunion. He has some guys in the form of other assassins and feds following him into his hometown, He's dealing with the fallout of, you know, his his family falling apart. His mother has Alzheimer's. His house is now like a, a Cumberland Farms. Um, it's just, it's it's funny. John Cusack, uh, you know, John Cusack was so great. The John Cusack we have now, unfortunately, is not the John Cusack we had for so many years. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he totally, he t- totally kind of lost it and went, you know, the direct-to-video kind of shitty film route. Yeah. But um, it's great. Uh, I know she's also in Goodwill Hunting, but man, it made me notice Mini Driver. It really made me notice Mini Driver a lot, and uh, it's just it's a it's a great movie. So I see it on there, you know. I'm thinking strategically as well, but I think it's an under. I think a lot of people like this movie a lot. I love this movie, so that's where I'm going. Gross Point Blank. Weirdly, one of my first DVDs I ever bought um, because I believe they were doing a John Cusack double dip. Uh, pack that I bought from Sam's Club in like 99-ish uh, era, 99-2000, where I bought High Fidelity and Gross Point Blank in the same two-pack. Epic, epic score on that one for me. Um, it was that, and I bought uh, Matrix and Fight Club in the same two-pack. Unbelievable. Unbelievable you could get two of those yeah. movies at the same time for one low price. Shout out to Sam's Club. Really killing it back then. Um, also loved Dan Aykroyd in this movie. This was kind of like end stage Dan Aykroyd where he was still you know, yeah. relevant and really funny and really doing a lot. Um, probably just coming off, you know, Tommy Boy, you know, or something right around that time period, too. So, you know, end of his stage. And, of course, uh, the Cusacks, probably one of my favorite Joan and John pairings uh, in there as well. So between that and say anything is probably one of my other favorites, but like, yeah, they, they have a few, but this one was one of my favorites for sure. Um, so Shane, you're coming back around. So what is your third round pick, sir? This is getting tough for me because, uh, I'm looking in the horror sci-fi and I might do a John and do a wild card in that category as well. And, but when it gets down to the the nuts and bolts of myself, I'm a very slim, uh, simplistic man. And uh, the only reason why I'm going to pick this movie is because 
boobs. I'm picking this movie because of boobs. All right. It's three <laughs> names. It's Jennifer, it's Jennifer Love Hewitt. And it's I Know What You Did Last Summer oh. from, the horror, from the horror section. Simplistic okay. stalker movie. Four friends who are reunited after an accident in a seaside town. They get picked off one by one. Freddie Prinz, um, Ryan Phillippe, Sarah Michelle Geller, But it all comes down to Jennifer Love Hewitt, who, again, owns probably one of the best sets of uh, breasts in uh, Hollywood history. So it really came down to that for me. Again, very simplistic. Sometimes caveman DNA kicks up, and uh, well, that's what I got. Yeah, I I, uh, I can't I can't disagree with you. Um, I'm glad you put that out there and not me, but I will I will not smack it back down whatsoever. Um, yeah, d- definitely a movie, especially that iconic like "What are you waiting for?" Exactly. Seeing everything, everybody just kind of like has that ingrained in their heads uh, for that for sure, and. Uh, did you end up watching? Because you're more of an Amazon Prime guy, didn't they? Th- did you watch the show remake that they did? I couldn't get through it. To be honest with you, I tried. It wasn't terrible. Like it wasn't horrible. But like uh, you, you throw something flashy in front of me, like a new show, like the Terminal List. I'm going to go to that and leave that one by the side. So <laughs> my point is, it wasn't sure. a bad show. I just didn't get through it. Is all. So is it? Simply like the cast was so iconic back then that it probably had more to do with the success of the movie, and that's why the series doesn't work. Correct, I think so. And we're not going to talk about the sequel, even though it has Jack Black in it. it is, the sequel is terrible. Oh <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, they always make it's. You know, we got Scream Two this year too. There's always like, it, there's always going to be big sequels. You know, to to movies that surprised everybody and came out of the woodwork. And this was the start of that. So and, you know, yeah. and I, I, I would have been a, fine if it stayed there. Yeah. Right, and I'm a fan of Kevin Williamson, so this is one of the you know his projects as well back in the day. So yeah, yeah, Scream and uh, you know uh, Dawson's Creek going on at the same time. Um, didn't he? Did he also write the faculty too, or something? Like there was a bunch of like he just wrote like every horror movie around that time. Did. I think he also wrote, even though it got really butchered, uh, te- teaching Mrs. Tingle. Too. You were correct. I he think did, he might he, yeah, he did. the faculty, yeah. the teaching Miss Tingle, and then the screen movies, Dawson Creek. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, good on him, man. He, he cashed all those paychecks right after <laughs> uh, Dawson's Creek hit the hit the fan. So yeah. Awesome. Love it. Uh, it's a great pick for you. It's very on brand. Love it. Um, I am up next. And, God, there are so many ones that... I, so, I mentioned before that I was like, if these movies are still on the board, I would, like, shit a brick that they made it past Shane and John. And the one I would say... Like, basically, there's two. One, John Amenta of the On The QT podcast... Did not pick Jackie Brown yet, so that's unreal. Um, Shane, who was a guest on that podcast, uh, did not pick Jackie Brown. I would have thought that you guys would have uh, looked really hard, at least at Donnie Brasco. You guys seem the type, especially Shane. So I was surprised that those kind of slid past. Um, so now i got to make a decision whether I'm going so in. Ja- uh, so ja- Jackie Brown, in my opinion... It's very pickable, but amongst fans, it's normally not considered one of the better Tarantino films. And I'm trying my my hardest to go with films that I really love, right? But also will win me this goddamn show. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it is a tough line, um, and that's why I was so mad at the liar liar pick because that was one of my my ones that I really wanted. Hmm. Gosh, blockbuster is getting fucking beat up. Um. Hmm. 
You still got flubber there, man. <laughs> I do. I do. It's a, it's a huge one for me. Um, and, and John's covered Batman and Robin extensively, I'm sure. So I don't want to let that slide either. <laughs> um, all right. I'm going to go comedy. I think, uh, you know, hmm. yeah, I'm going to have to go with my heart on this one. I am, uh, I'm going to go comedy and I'm picking Austin Powers, international man of mystery. Can't go wrong with that. No. Um, God damn it. This movie is still so damn funny. Uh, probably one of the last times I loved Mike Myers. And, you know, yeah, fine. Shrek. You know, that's fine. That's great. <laughs> but uh, this is probably right at the end of, like, the supreme peak of his powers. Um, I loved, you know, I'm, I'm a giant Wayne's World fan. I love two even more than one, so he even got more mileage out of it than I ever thought he could with those movies. And I love that he like parlayed it right into yet another iconic character series that he gets to do the uh, the Eddie Murphy and play multiple roles and still just crush it with you know powers, Doctor Evil. You know he obviously gets Fat Bastard and everything else later on the line, but. The the probably my favorite part of this movie is how deep the roster goes and how how amazing the timing on some of the jokes are and how much they let them breathe for a comedy where it do, it's not like jokey 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 having to like keep like punching you over the head it's not as like frantic as a liar liar even though I like that one more but god damn it Mustafa Will Ferrell's Mustafa is a perfect example of like my favorite things in this movie where they just let a joke go until it's just it it keeps being funny keeps being funny just let it ride and god damn it that that between that like the the parking job thing in the warehouse with the like having to try to do the u-turn everything there's just these tiny little jokes that make it stand out still to this day and yeah mike myers just absolutely crush it that whole movie is amazing and shane in your wheelhouse Elizabeth Hurley, wow. Hugh still, Grant is a still. big idiot. Yes, he is. Oh, I know. Yeah. Big dum-dum. I'm sure he still does a fine job, but my God, what what the hell is wrong with you, sir? <laughs> um, so, like I said, I am taking that in comedy. So, Chris, you are up for two picks, sir. All right. You know, you took my pick. Andrew, Did I? You, awesome. You, you bastard. But I will pick the story of the king of all media private parts so when i mentioned with that uh chris that there was two soundtracks that made it to on the charts that year private parts was the other one ah uh men, men in black and private parts couldn't get two any different movies <laughs> <laughs> i was a fan of howard stern uh back in the uh the day when we listened to terrestrial radio and (laughs) what little I could hear before work. And then he was the reason why I got serious. Uh, But then after a while, I was just like, I'm paying for a service that I'm only hearing a small bit of because I have to work. Um, But to see his story, to see the behind the scenes, behind the curtain, I just, I laughed so hard at some of the stuff that you probably can't laugh at nowadays. Um, <laughs> sure, it's most of the but, 90s movies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, it was it, it was so good, and it still is good. Uh, I haven't seen it in 
you know, some years now, but uh, the last time I did see it, I I laughed just as much as when I first saw it. So that's my comedy pick. Awesome. All right, you got one more, sir. Now we're switching gears and we're going to horror sci-fi. Uh, this is another one where I haven't seen it until recently, and I think Shane is the one who praised it and and said you got to see this. Uh, I eventually saw Cube. Oh, son hmm. of a bitch. That sorry. Okay. Sorry. That is a wild ride. That is that gives you nothing. And I'm not going to give you anything, but if you haven't seen it, I suggest and Shane suggests, I'm sure, go see it. It is <coughs> a I have wild ride. This. It's Yeah. You haven't you know no. what? I'm not going to say anything, but it's a mystery throughout. And it, it's if you're a fan of the platform that was on mm-hmm. Netflix. Sure, John and I covered it. It's yeah. along those lines. Okay. You know, I, I forget how you guys uh, voted on that. But yeah, we enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. I think you'll enjoy the cube or, or cube. I should just say the cube, uh, just cube. I'm sad um, that this is not a nice cube documentary. <laughs> it's not. It's not. I, I had to wait for Unless straight out is. of Compton, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> that's the no, mystery. But, uh, that it's been cubed it, it the really whole time. Is. Yeah. It, it, that's the mystery right there. He um, put his back into it. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's a freaky, <clears throat> weird, where's it going ride. All right. I, uh, that's that's my pick excellent all right so i am back again for my fourth pick uh god it's a tough one because all the categories are getting eaten up here um hmm yeah i'm gonna go for it screw it i will go for jackie brown because i like this movie a bunch <laughs> when i saw it i still think it's you know a lot of people, whenever you like a movie that isn't like the the number one of like any director or whatever people say is under, I think it's probably properly rated now. I think you know we're right on Jackie Brown now. I think it's gotten elevated to uh, what people like about this movie because Tarantino it just made you know sometimes like basically the best parts of this are definitely your Samuel L. Jacksons, you know your Chris Tucker's. Um, you know, the, the small parts in here are epic. This is an Elmore Leonard novel, right, that he mm-hmm. adapted, yeah, yes. which just was like the height of, uh, you know, turning in Elmore Leonard movies into really well-done movies. Um, I definitely think that, you know, it was underrated at the time. I think it's back to being kind of elevated. John covered it very good on, on the QT, so definitely check that episode out. Who would you have cover that with you, John? Uh, our friend Melissa, Melissa Willett. Okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, no, great episode. Um, definitely, you know, the resurgence for Pam Greer was the, the hot topic of conversation. But honestly, especially now that he's passed on and where he ended up going with Breaking Bad and everything else, Robert Forrester was a standout in this movie and just caught me off guard oh, yeah. for how excellent he really was. But... This this movie is basically a big giant flex by Tarantino for the fact that you could be like, yeah, 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 we're going to have Pam Greer and Robert Forrester be the leads, but we're also going to have, 
Michael Keaton, Robert De Niro, <laughs> like all these massive stars play small, uh, you know, smaller parts, and it's just incredible, incredible. John, do you want to do a couple seconds on that? Because I know you guys did the whole Tarantino podcast. Yeah, it, it's just it's it's a great movie. It's I think you know, like you said, time has kind of corrected it. I still run into people that are not like super high on it, but there's two things that are you know working against it slightly in the in the Tarantino universe and one is that it's his only adapted work right like this is not an original Tarantino story it's a script he wrote based on a novel rum, it's right. called rum punch yeah. by, El, by Elmore Leonard and number two it came after Pulp Fiction yeah he, he Tarantino could have made the greatest movie ever in the world in the yeah. universe and coming after Pulp Fiction people would have had a problem with it True. Right. So, and, and you got to remember too, I mean, I know it's not that uncommon, but it was also three years later. Yeah. So Pulp Fiction came out and just played in the movie theaters for a fucking year. And then it came out on VH and VHS and played on VHS and, you know, everybody out there is buying copies and everything. And it has three years to soak into, you know, into the permeate the world. Yeah. And everybody's seen it. And, you know, most people love it and other filmmakers are desperately trying to copy it. Yeah. And then he comes out with something very different three years later and people are like, what the fuck? But no, I agree. I think that it's time has corrected it. It's a great movie. Excellent choice. Yeah. And a great soundtrack as always as well, but you make a good point about the, the Pulp Fiction effect of it. And also a lot of people went back and probably caught Reservoir Dogs for the first time after seeing Pulp Fiction too. So he had right. even more momentum going into Jackie Brown than humanly possible. Um, so yeah, of course people are going to sleep on it a little bit when it comes out, but I still, especially as far as this year goes, I think it's still incredibly well done and deserving of my wild card pick. Uh, Shane, <sighs> you are back up for your fourth pick, sir. Yeah, this is starting to get you, really difficult. Yeah, you have wild card and comedy yeah available. so i'm looking at the comedy section which you guys have just picked over you guys took all my damn picks so uh <laughs> i think just out of necessity uh, i don't even want to do this but i did like it back in the day so i'm gonna go i'm gonna go prime kevin smith and i'm gonna go chasing amy for my for my comedy pretty straightforward movie of course you got ben affleck again you got one of my favorites and my favorite part of this movie is jason lee as uh, two best friends in the comic book world, they're artists, and uh, Ben Affleck falls for Joy Lauren Adams, only to find out that yeah. uh, she doesn't like the meat. So, uh, you know, he spends all <laughs> all movie trying to uh, swing her the other way. Now, I will say, after a rewatch, I don't think he stuck the landing of this movie uh, at the very, very end. Like, the end is still really awkward yeah. to me with the uh, Ben Affleck, Jason Lee kind of, hey, let's go ahead and do this kind of threesome thing. That still doesn't sure, work for yeah. me, but I mean, it's, it's, no. it's quintessential Kevin Smith dialogue. It's, it is funny. I do like Affleck and Jason Lee together. I think they're great. Uh, this is, um, yeah, sandwiched between, well, this came right after Mallrats, I believe. So it was right in that yep. peak four movie period for Kevin Smith, who I still am a fan though. He is, he's wearing on me, but, um, back in those days between his run of clerks all the way up to dogma, um, I couldn't find like he was one of my favorites and still is to this day. So chasing Amy is my pick. Yeah. I, I, I really liked that movie at the time. I totally agree at the ending feels, you know, just that too uncomfortable to make me feel like I'm, 
you know, flying away with this movie. Um, but uh, the one thing I will always remember that uh, scene out in the rain, out in the street, uh, when they're just, you know, kind of like getting together for the first time and everything. Um, and uh, the beauty of that and why I always uh, will admire and always have a soft spot for Kevin Smith, that scene is shot right outside of his comic book store in Red Bank. Like everything is shot all in like the same area. That guy is, he could do so much with a small budget and a tight universe that he created in those, that Jersey trilogy. And it's just so repeatable. The dialogue is always amazing. And I'm always in awe of how much he accomplished in that short amount of time. Because if you told me the guy who made Clerks would go on to have, you know, a 25 year career, I would, I would laugh in your face, but I, I think he, he gets a lot of mileage from movies like chasing Amy, like Mallrats, like clerks and, you know, still doing it, even though I just watched a reboot cause it's on prime and, uh, woof, Ugh. Ugh. tough, Ugh. tough, tough stuff. So, um, you take that yeah. in moments. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Although, shout out to uh, Shan Elizabeth, who has not aged a minute and uh, amazing stuff. So, but yeah, Chasing Amy held a, a spot in my heart because, again, I was 15, and it's whether it's lesbian or not, it's still unrequited romance, which every 15 year old wants to see out of Kevin Smith's eyes, apparently. So, and Joey Lauren Adams at the peak of her powers, too. Um, John. You are your four and five. This is the end of your draft, buddy. Bring it home for us. All right. So I'm going to start with uh, the blockbusters category. And first off, say that 1997 was a suck job year for blockbusters, apparently, from this list. There really isn't a lot there. Uh, Based on that, although I do like this movie, based on that, uh, I think I'm going to go with Titanic. Yeah. Look, it, this movie made more money than any other movie in the history of time until a certain point, right? Where he broke his own record, I think it was, with Avatar. Yep. Uh, this is, it, you know, a lot of people will shit on this movie. It's over long. The first hour and 40 minutes is a love story. That's all fine. But I will tell you this. I saw I saw this in the theaters. This is a technically incredible movie. Oh, yeah. The From the second the iceberg hits for the next like hour of the film when the boat is like breaking apart and going down. It is incredible. Uh, I agree that it, it's certainly a love story for the first hour and a half. And it might maybe a little bit too long, it's too long. but oh, yeah. DiCaprio's <laughs> it's too long. DiCaprio's good in it. Uh, Kate Winslet, it, you know, at the time was kind of a revelation. She's beautiful. I didn't really know her and she's good in it. Um, but I mean, once you get to the Titanic sinking, um, it, it's unbelievable, you know, and it, James Cameron, I'm not a fan of Avatar, but it doesn't matter what I think about Avatar. I can tell you one thing about James Cameron is the guy does not fucking miss, you know, yeah. he, he, he puts together an incredible movie. Um, so I'm going to go with Titanic. I think out of the list, it's probably the one that I enjoy the most. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe in part of my strategy, people, some people will feel that way too. Um, jumping over that to my last category, which is the, uh, the sci-fi horror, horror sci-fi. I'm going with one that I can't believe nobody's picked so far. Uh, one of the most colorful movies I've ever seen in my life. Um, the Fifth Element. I-, I love The Fifth Element. It's, you know, it's one of my favorite Bruce Willis movies. Yes, the director, uh, what's his name? Um, oh, uh, Jean, uh, Jean. Jean. It's God, not Jean the guy's name. No, it's not Jean Renault. I'm no. sorry. Well, you know, it's not even worth mentioning because this guy's gotten into all kinds of trouble for 
for sexual stuff with young girls and stuff like that in the ensuing years. So uh, he, 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 but he does a ton of things. He mostly French productions, but he also made the professional. Oh, Luc Besson. Um, yeah. Luc Besson. Luc Besson. I apologize. Um, it's an incredible movie. I mean, I remember seeing this in the theaters and thinking how original this thing was like the story, you know, just the elements of the story uh, it takes place on earth. You've got these heroes, the, f- the, the five elements, this girl, you know, the, the heroine who needs help, um, incredible costumes, uh, incredible special effects, uh, Gary Oldman as this really weird bad guy. <laughs> um, yeah. it, it's always been a favorite of mine. It's always been a favorite of mine. I was pretty surprised to see it get this far, but I also do know that for as much as some people love it, a lot of people don't like it. So, um, but I'm going with that. I'm going with the fifth element for my final pick. Yeah, that is getting a 25 year, uh, anniversary stuff out in theaters very soon so if people want to check that out uh be sure to do so and i think my favorite part of fifth element is chris tucker because he's just 100 percent energy and bananas in that movie if it's not him it's gary oldman being insane and i think those two kind of make the the movie stand out for me um but just real quick chris tucker's run in in the 90s here you guys ready Yep. He does Friday in 95, kind of puts him on the map. Then he does Dead Prez, The Fifth Element, Jackie Brown, Rush Hour, Rush Hour 2. Wow. Can can you kill uh, can you get any better than that? That's amazing. He was also in Money Talks. Yeah, I know. I skipped over that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's fine. That was a fun one. That was fine. I've heard, I've heard the criticism of Chris Tucker amongst uh people that you know that are friends with him and know him and say he could have been one of the greats but he's apparently and this is just stuff i've read like super lazy like he doesn't want to work that much you know i mean because you're right he is once he pops into the fifth element that's the kind of character that you either are totally amused by or you fucking yeah Yeah. i'm amused by him yeah you know but um yeah and and like you said he was great in dead presidents which is another great film yeah and just even 97, the fact that he did Money Talks and Jackie Brown in the same year, that's pretty amazing as well. Um, so, yeah, great pick, John. Good draft. Excellent job. We'll see if uh, what the, the judges on Twitter uh, will do for you with that. It's an excellent balance. If you want to see John right there, Titanic and Fifth Element has two back-to-back <laughs> picks. That is range, my friend. So congratulations on that. Shane? What is your last pick of the draft? God, you uh, only have your wild card. Yeah, so. correct. And uh, Chris took my wild card in uh, Cube, so I can't use that one. I thought that one would be safe. I didn't think anyone would touch that movie. But uh, <laughs> no. Anyway, I'm going to go a different route here. I am going to go uh, 1997's Copland, written and directed by James yeah. Mangold. Great. Uh, this is, uh, I think this is a... Uh, we get a sly performance here that uh, up until that time he hasn't done, <laughs> didn't do in a long time, um, where he yeah. plays a Jersey hasn't done like since. a yeah Jersey sheriff or cop Ouch. that uh, is uh, caught up in a lot of corruption between the New York cops. They all live in Jersey and uh, there's a big conspiracy. So it's, you know one of those movies about corruption and crime. But the cast itself, I mean, the cast is just phenomenal. You have Harvey Keitel, Ray Liotta, rest in peace, Robert De Niro. Janine Garofalo, Robert Patrick, Michael Rappaport. So, I mean, it's a who's who um, of a cast in this movie. 
And I do like the slow pace of this movie, but it was Sly's performance along with De Niro uh, that really makes this movie for me. Again, it's one of my favorite Stallone performances to this day still. So I'm going, I'm going to wrap this up with Copland. If you haven't seen Copland, go see Copland. Oh, yeah. Again, part of that, like, Miramax just made gold everywhere in this time period, and Copland was a part of that. And, yeah, just to bring Stallone back out is a perfect Miramax move. Um, and, and just, yeah, completely revitalized it. I love Chris. You picked now to be the time when we're going to talk shit about Stallone when we're watching Samaritan in like a week or two <laughs> to cover it on this podcast. Which, by the way, if, if John if John was not on for this episode, I almost would have thought like Samaritan would have been right up your alley uh, to come on and probably do yeah, a good I, shot on that I one. just... I just watched the trailer yesterday. Uh, you guys have fun. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. Director of Overlord, having Stallone be, uh, you know, kind of this, uh, you know, uh, in the shadows, uh, reluctant superhero. I'm all, I'm all about it. Wow. Especially Amazon Some Prime. I don't even have to leave goofy. the house. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I was just thinking uh, the three of us, uh, with Shane's pick of Copland, the three of us, we blew it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, good call. That's all right. I was looking at that, and I was just like, "Oh man, I don't know where to put it." Yeah, but I'm glad it was on my list too. It was on my list too. Yeah, so good. Like Stallone. Like uh, that's the reference. Uh, I know Stallone can do it. You know what I mean? Like that's Copland proved that he can act. He does, and a lot of people don't give him that chance. And I'm glad we have Copland to kind of show for proof. Um, Yeah. So I'm on my last pick now. And I am sitting here just fucking eye-fucking John Amenta right now because my strategy got blown uh, with his second pick because Liar Liar was the one I was like, yeah, if I can get that in Blockbuster, my fucking uh, my shit is fucking golden. And now I'm staring at the I remaining knew. Blockbuster and I'm like, God damn it. Because um, there's some stuff I like here. But there are some real turds. Um, I, I would imagine Chris is not going to pick them, and Chris will have his last pick in a minute. So, But the fact that I'm staring at Batman and Robin, Georgia the Jungle, you know, <laughs> Hercules. Watch out for that tree. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lost World Jurassic Park. Oof. Uh, no thanks. Um, so I'm down to a couple there. Uh, I'm not the biggest. I know what you're going to pick. Do you? I, my my personal opinion, if you if you say it, I'll say I was right. But I feel like there's only one on that list that's even usable. It's not great, but it's usable. <laughs> is it get off my plane? Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Air Force One. Yeah, yeah I, I'm probably going to go with that. Because, um, yeah, the only thing even close to that, like, I liked Contact at the time, but it doesn't age well. It doesn't no, sit well with me. Not at all. Uh, and then... Scream 2, I'll die on that hill that I think it was such a letdown for me from part one to part two. I know a lot of people like it, but not my cup of tea. You guys can go listen to the Cottonmouth Kings and bump yourself all the way to uh, uh, Scream 3 because that's what I liked better in Scream 2. I will die on that hill. Um, But yeah, Air Force 1, I will take in my blockbuster. So Chris, stick the landing, my friend. Let's do it. I'm sticking the landing. You guys... Don't take this serious enough. You guys <laughs> think this is a game. Mm. My choice is the game. Good call. The wild card. David Fincher, baby. 
it, yes, it's one of those movies where, if you really think about it, makes no sense. <laughs> but I was invested. I'm like, oh my god, this is really happening to Michael Douglas. Yeah, that poor bastard. And plus, you know, like Fincher just writes it off. He's like, you know, it's not the movie that I want to be known for and all that. Um, <laughs> no, Alien 3, really although John it. loves it, is, uh, you know, or defends it anyway. Um, oh, no, yeah. I love it. I love yeah. Alien 3. Yeah. But that's the thing. Didn't uh, Fincher, like, you know, reclaim it by doing the director's cut? No. No, no, no. He he never. He, he approved them to put it on the DVD set, but he wouldn't do interviews for it or anything. Oh, okay. But, you know, the game, uh, he's notorious for saying, like, he's not proud of that. And you know what? Just it's performance. It's, you know, uh, semi-plausibility. And, yeah, when it comes down to the end, you're like, really? You are dependent on placement, uh, believability, and uh, all these other factors uh, for it to end. But I, I just enjoyed it. Uh, every moment because i i was scratching my head the whole way through and then when it comes together like a nice bow at the end i was like man this where are the awards for this show or this movie <laughs> I, i'm i'm the only one who thinks that but uh maybe yeah. others think the same way and they'll like my picks yeah we'll see man yeah so but that's I, I this is you know again we all say things like underrated or whatever i i often just marvel at how great michael douglas was in my lifetime like just unbelievable i know you know he gets he started so far back you know he's obviously a legacy in the field uh you know his whole family history and everything but god damn it like just uh you know obviously he had a bunch of 80s hits you know wall street fatal yep. attraction all that so i don't want to overplay this but from 92 to probably like the early 2000s, this guy had Basic Instinct, Falling Down, Disclosure, The American President, Ghost in the Darkness, um, the, the Game. I like that I movie too. Movie. Okay. Now. All right. I, I just, hey, not everyone's a perfect cup of tea. The Game and A Perfect Murder, which I think are the same movie. And um, <laughs> Wonder Boys, which I love, that's very underrated, and, yeah. and Traffic. That's you know like a yeah. eight to nine year run of just bangers, so and that's arguably not even his best decade. So no. that is unreal where he was, and he's right in the middle of it. So he's amazing in that movie. Whether you think it's you know ultimately successful, even if you're David Fincher or whatever, put that aside. I agree, it's a a very compelling and very good movie. You know, and it's right in that thriller period where it was just amazing. So, 100% great pick. Um, so, just to recap, because now we are at the end here, our guest John picked Face Off for his Oscar one, because clearly that was the Oscar pick that everyone was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, liar, Liar in Comedy, Gross Point Blank in Wild Card, Titanic in Blockbuster, and Fifth Element in horror sci-fi shane picked la confidential for his oscar pick con air for his blockbuster i know what you did last summer for horror sci-fi chasing amy in comedy and copland in his wild card uh i picked men in black for my horror sci-fi pick boogie nights for my oscar pick 
Austin Powers for my comedy pick, Jackie Brown for my wild card, and Air Force One as my blockbuster. And Chris picked Conspiracy Theory for his blockbuster, Goodwill Hunting for his Oscar pick, Private Parts for his comedy pick, Cube for his sci-fi horror pick, and The Game for his wild card pick. So we will post those up to social media at some point. Is is there anyone, because I will say right now, the fact that nobody picked Donnie Brasco is blowing my mind right now. Um, <coughs> other than that, like there is a there was an outside chance maybe a, a John or a Shane picks a Starship Troopers. Uh, I had that. That thought. was on my list for yeah fifth, fifth element Starship Troopers. Yeah. I wasn't sure. Yeah, as good as it gets was a movie that I thought might have gotten picked. Um, you know, between that and kind of Full Monty. You know, they're like kind of like more prestige movies that might, you know, may not age as well. Or especially in the case of like Jack Nicholson would have gotten canceled a million times over. But that's kind of the point of the character, Um, you know, because I always think of the I've got Jews at my table and just like cringe every time. But you're kind of supposed to Um, waiting for Guffman. I almost was like, because this is such a great comedy year. That one was high on my list, but I didn't pick it. Um Anything else where anybody, uh, like devil's advocate or something, a little hoo ha's or whatever, or, you know, not exactly hoo ha's, but you know, you get it. Uh, this was also the, uh, the double, uh, double volcano fascination year. Yep. You know, with Dante's peak and volcano. Uh, yeah. Um, Matt Damon's Rainmaker with Danny DeVito. I have a soft spot for Grisham at this time in my life. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I actually did enjoy that one. I, I just didn't know where to place it in place of what I chose. Yeah. Plus, I told Chris before we put on the mics, I told him he had to pick G.I. Jane, otherwise we were going to get hit. Um, but apparently, you know, you didn't do what I asked, so now I'm going to have to hit no, you. No, I'm sorry. Uh, it's by law. Sorry, I don't want to get uh, slapped. You, you, yeah, you mentioned that name. I'm going to I'm gonna smack you around. Um, I, I, You know, somebody could have picked uh, Princess Mononoke, and I wouldn't have batted an eye. Anybody else? Anybody? I was... I- I was I was looking at the full Monty as like a possibility, sure. Um, because I remember that being such a surprise that year, and it, it actually is a good movie. Yeah, but it, that would have been like a lower, like I'm out of pick, pick type right. pick. Yeah, it's a fun movie. Yeah, that's like a decent wild card type. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at the Donnie Brasco as well, but I ended up taking Copland over Donnie Brasco. But the other movie I, I liked, and like John said, if I had like a last last pick. I actually liked uh, Richard Gere and Sidney Portier in The Jackal that year. Um, I think that's mm. kind of a little underrated flick. Again, I think that's Jack Black, one of Jack Black's first appearances in that yep. movie as well. But um, yeah, yeah, I always think Cable Guy, uh, you know, for Jack Black. But you know, it's all around that time period. Yeah. Where he's doing a bunch of little stuff before he breaks out. But Gear, uh, Gear was on. good in that movie, man. I think that just kind of flew under the radar that year, for sure. Um, and then, so, so Chris made a big point to have a couple of films that you wanted to have added to my list yeah. that I didn't put on. And then you didn't pick either of them. <laughs> Do you want to tell the audience no, uh, what, you, what you're doing? Basically, uh, does anybody remember, uh, gridlocked with Tim Roth and Tupac? Nothing. I, I've no, seen sure it. Somebody uh, I, yeah. I saw that one. Yeah. You did. You're, all right. So that's, you know, the four of us, um, <laughs> But uh, one that no one has seen but me uh, is a little French film called Ponette uh, that I really, I, I, I love seeing it. If you want a good cry, 
that's the one. Uh, but it couldn't find a, a spot in the uh, the list here. Yeah, um, it's between that and Cube, it, it, right? <laughs> yeah, it was it was teetering. It was back and forth. <laughs> but uh, I will uh, I will find it. I will post the trailer, and uh, and you know, you guys will see what you're missing. Yeah. And I'm one I didn't mention to uh Kiss the Girls was high on my list too but it didn't uh didn't make it in. I almost wish I uh expanded the blockbuster pool considering like how bad it, it kind of gets <laughs> at times like should have made it eh, maybe 60 million, you know, add a few more things and I think actually Kiss the Girls might have would have made it in uh if it was that. So, how do you guys feel now that we kind of recap the list? You, you guys uh you're cheering yourself on, you're feeling good about it or you think Oh, this is a lock. I yeah, got, I got, the, I got, no, I got this one locked up, buddy. I do say you have, you have a solid five, and a lot of uh, uh, picks that people have like real fan value for. So you know, you definitely have a shot. Regardless of how this turns out, I am now a fan of the draft. <laughs> hey, sports. yeah, he did it. Chris, who doesn't care about sports, has never done a fantasy thing in his life. Uh, you know, fantasy sports anyway. A lot of fantasies. He's shared too many. Oh my but, god! Um, Tons you know, of fantasies. Devlin has never done a snake draft. Um, outside of maybe his National Geographic friends or something. I don't know what you do on your weekends. But you know, you did don't it, judge. buddy. You nailed don't it. Don't shame. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. But uh, yeah. And thanks to John, man. Great job as always. You've been a guest on on many a pods, including my own over the years. So I appreciate you coming on. Uh, what do you got cooking for the pint, buddy? What do you got coming up? Uh, yeah, just a uh, pint going through the rest of uh, 2022. Um, let's see. I'll just give you a few movies that we have at some point coming pretty soon. Uh, Batman Returns, uh, 30th anniversary. Okay. Uh, episode will be coming out fairly soon. I have an episode um, coming for, uh, we did uh, here on Forgotten Entertainment. Uh, We do Forgotten February with the mics, and they're coming back for four episodes through the course of the year where they're taking over again. Okay. And uh, in a couple weeks, we'll be doing the X-Files, I Want to Believe, the sequel that nobody remembers (laughs) that they made. Um, And then over on our Patreon, if you want to check us out, Patreon slash The Pint, $2.50 a month. Uh, we will be doing the Evil Dead 1981. That's been recorded and coming out, and uh, and just some more stuff. And I'll be doing an episode for Patreon as well. My wife and I recently watched Hereditary for the first time, and we want to talk about that. So we're going to do that. <laughs> I episode. want to hear that. Yeah, Shane and Chris have a, a lot of thoughts on on that one, so they'll definitely be listening for that one. Um, that's all right. Yeah. So, but all sounds great, man. Yeah. Check out their Patreon subscribe. I mean, it's, that's freaking you know, coin laundry money right there. Like what are you even doing? You know, just, uh, just <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That's it's, it. It's nothing Two fifty. You can find it sponsor a John today and, uh, you know, <laughs> check out all their amazing work. Um, and yeah, uh, I am a big fan and always will be buddy. So I appreciate you coming on and for us, um, next week we're looking at uh, a busier week that got slightly lighter. Um, we're going to be doing bullet train next week. We'll be doing another one that John's probably up for prey, the predator sequel that's coming straight to who that will be coming out too. Yeah. yeah so we're going to cover that as well. Um, we will probably have to reserve some thoughts. We thought bodies, bodies, bodies was going to come out that weekend, but it looks like around here, at least maybe another week on that. Um, and then, yeah, maybe we got Sandman thoughts coming soon or 
you know, God, it's getting real busy up in this piece. So, but keep subscribing, liking, and rating us super high. We love you guys. Uh, Shane, any new countries this week? I know you didn't get to speak any new languages. I got one. The Rosetta Stone of recent activity. I got one in the barrel for next week, buddy. All right, dude. I look forward to that. So (laughs) stay with us. Check us out next week on more recent activity. Retainer. Retainer.